0: All right. Well, thanks everyone for sharing. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgot my iPad. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're back. Um, and my Bible is on the iPad. <laughs> I have plenty of paper bibles. Last time I cracked one open, I can't tell you. But I <laughs> So, anyhow. Um So, yeah, thanks everyone for sharing and um it was funny the uh the passage on the uh, on the sheet wasn't the passage I intended, like the version I intended. And so Gio's reading like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but uh you know, sometimes that's good because it kind of jogs our brain and gets us thinking. You guys pulled out stuff that I thought was awesome. That, uh, who knows, m- reading the like the NIV version, which we're pretty much all accustomed to, probably would have took us down a particular pathway, and we went other ways. And, and uh, no, I thought it was awesome. So, uh, this morning... Um, You can see in your notes uh, the title of our message is, How to Stand Firm in This Shifting World. And uh, I took a spin off of um, Pastor Stu's message last week, How to Be Courageous in an Uncertain World. And um, I'm not trying to improve upon what he said because I'm going in a completely different direction, but I was inspired by that, and even during the sacred reading um, last week, a lot of you were talking about areas where you were challenged to be courageous, and you know uh, i'm I'm sitting back there in the sound booth most most Sundays, and I was encouraged by all the things that, that you guys had to say about how the lord um, and the Lord helped you to walk courageously. And so, just I just just wanted to just wanted to say that. <laughs> and um so today, how to stand firm in this shifting world and um so I'm usually not one to use um what are these called again? props. props. Yeah. But uh I was thinking about this this verse in Hebrews and um, and how you know things are changing very rapidly in our world, and i 'm not going to get political i 'm not going to get anything because everybody sees the world differently, and i 'm not going to trod down a particular path because i 'm um, hoping that this message is going to be something that you can you. I don't want to use the word roadmap, but maybe a schematic, maybe a framework, maybe something that you can just hold on to as you come across different things that you feel are shifting in your life, and that this will be something uh, as a a little bit of a toolbox. Um, So you can uh, see the first first point is um, acknowledging and understanding your resources. Um, in Hebrews it says, and you guys even keyed off on this in the sacred reading, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, or um, I don't have the sacred reading in front of me, however it's said in the, in the um, God's Word translation, but we are surrounded by people, By um, we have the word, we have family. We have um, institutions. We you mean uh, we have books. We have podcasts. We have all these things at our disposal that are resources for us, and um, and so here comes my my prop. But when I first thought of this, there's a uh, a framework. It's a really old framework that comes from the Methodist Church. And it's called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. And basically, it's four things that, um, his name will come to me, Um, the founder of the Wesleyan tradition, but um, uh, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. And uh, in in the Protestant stream, you know, scripture is first, so the scriptura you know it's it's the thing that is the the framework is what we base everything else off of but um, there are these other aspects that uh, that we have tradition I'm thinking about the Foursquare church um, next year in 2023 the Four-square church will be 100 years old so our tradition is not not that deep. I mean, the, the church is over 2,000 years old, you know, and all sorts of flavors, all sorts of iterations, this and that. And, um, but, you know, Foursquare, we lean heavily on other traditions because it's, we're part of a greater tradition. And, uh, and reason, you know, God gave us a brain to use. You know, and I don't think God would want us to do stupid things. And so if you're thinking, should I do X, Y, and Z? And reason says no, don't. <laughs> you know. And then lastly, experience. Um you know, the thing I love about scripture, and even Gio had pointed out in the sacred reading is that they're all these heroes of the faith. They all had experiences that were held out to us as um, stories, things that we can say, God worked in that moment, and God can work in my moment, because we may find something similar lining up. And, And so that's uh one resource scripture tradition uh reason experience and uh and i and also we have the four score gospel and uh it's again it's there's four tenets four pillars uh Jesus christ is the savior he's the healer he's the baptizer with the Holy Spirit and the soon coming king and um and so just thinking about, you know, in in times of of change, it may have been you, Richard, you you had said, the wheel's always turning. The one thing we know that'll never change is change. It's constant. And um, so, um, so yeah, when we were looking at the, at the, at the fact that the that there's always change, things are shifting, um, and I don't know, maybe it's always been this way, or maybe our world is just that much more dynamic than in ages past, but it feels like we're always kind of just, you know, we, we find one one solid spot, and then where's our other foot going to land? you know, but I as we go through the message that's something I'm going to bring up is, you know, there's a little bit of flexibility that we need. Um, And then uh, one other resource that we have is um, spiritual practices. And uh, so like what we did, we had our sacred reading. That is a community spiritual practice. Uh, There is you know, scripture reading. There's prayer. There's meditation. There's um, worship. I mean, you, we can just check down a whole long list of things that that we do as an expression of our faith, and those are resources to us. Um, this isn't in my notes; just popped in my head. But uh, um, there is in the in the scriptures. It says, "A glad face is good for the heart." And sometimes we may not be in a place to find a glad face, but we can look in the mirror. And uh, I've done, I've been on, you know, uh, a journey much like you guys have. And and uh, I, a point of, uh, what's the word? Um, somebody had said, if you're feeling down. Crack half a smile, crack as much as you can, and just physically moving your mouth a little bit, you're like, okay, it's not that bad yet, and if you can get in front of a mirror, a glad face is good for the heart, we can, if, it's so weird, I tell you, smiling at yourself in the mirror, like, who, who is that weirdo, but it works, And there's this gal on the internet, and and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting everybody's names, but uh, she has this thing where if you're feeling down, walk up to the mirror and high-five yourself. How can you you feel down? How can you feel disempowered when you are empowering yourself with a high-five? I don't know. I've tried it. It feels so weird, but it works you know so uh those are some practices that we can do and um so now to my my prop i said i was going to talk about it but uh i i chose a couple you know the Wesleyan quadrilateral and the four square church because uh four square gospel because they have four things and this is an equilateral pyramid and So, if we were to look at the Wesleyan quadrilateral, we could say scripture's on top. And then we have reason, tradition, experience. But say we're talking with somebody and we don't have our Bible in front of us, but somebody is sharing an experience of God's faithfulness, which pops up on top, experience. It's still related to scripture. It's still related to it, so there's this interplay of relationship that happens with these different resources, and um, same with uh, the four score gospel. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ, the Savior, it's on top. But there are times we need healing, and so we call. Out, <clears throat> sorry, we call out to God. We we ask somebody to pray for us. Jesus is still our Savior. But right now, we need him as our healer. Or we are feeling dry, and we need to remember him as the one who fills us with the Holy Spirit. So that pops up. And um, so I, I say that to say that we have these resources, and it's, you know, like all examples all illustrations, they, they fall apart at some point. So understanding that, but there's, there's a balance. We can, we can rotate this, we can see that, um, that there is an interplay and there's balance involved. But with balance, uh, sometimes one side is heavier than the other. And what do we do to maintain balance? This is basic geometry, we move the fulcrum to a point to where it's balanced again. And not that we have to stress about, oh, this, you know, like, we're walking on eggshells to make sure it's all in balance, but we're going along with life, and we're like, ooh, this needs some attention. We move the, the fulcrum a little bit to pay attention to this or that. And um, so flexibility is the key. And and so, who is it? Oh, I think, I think it was Dean. Was talking about um, in Hebrews, it says, "Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles." And that's where this uh, this flexibility, knowing our resources, moving the fulcrum. Also, it's realizing, you know, there might be something in our life that's slowing us down, tripping us up, and having the flexibility and even the humility to say, "Okay, Lord, here's this, it's in between you and me. Help me to move it, help me to deal with it uh, and so there there's that, and you know depending on the situation some you know some resources will have a higher value in the moment um, and uh And then when we find what we need need to do, is just uh, is leaning into leaning into what works. I don't meditate as much as I used to anymore, and I have apps that remind me every morning at six thirty. Would you like to meditate? Would you you know? Would you like to take a even my watch will say you know, pause and breathe or reflect on this. And do I? Sometimes. But there was there was quite a stretch where, I mean, I'm talking years, where every morning, anywhere from five to 30 minutes, depending on how much time I had, um, I would either just sit quietly in God's presence, or I would reflect on a, <clears throat> on a passage of scripture, or you know, the meditation was always a little different, but I had this this thing that I I did on a regular basis. And why why that's fallen to the wayside, I don't know. And maybe the Lord is reminding me, heh, should probably pick that back up. I don't know. We'll see. Um but for a while I had to lean into that because that was working for me. That was keeping um keeping my spirit in touch with with Jesus. That was keeping, um, you know, that moment is keeping my anxiety down and keeping my depression from not going too low. And it was um, helping me to learn how to be present in the moment so I could stay connected to the people I love. And so it was a very valuable resource. And, you know, it's not. It's not attaining anything. It's the journey, and um, so I've. I just felt that during that time, it was helping me move down the journey in, in the way that I need to go. And so, um, you know, I'm. You know, that, that's fine. <laughs> I was talking to uh, talking to Kathy, my girlfriend. I'm like, hopefully, I I don't go too long. And now I realize I've pretty much blown through my message, but we're going to take communion today. So I, I'm going to hold a little bit of time for us to do that. And if there's time afterwards, then maybe we can pray for one another or or just go have lunch. Just enjoy uh, being together. But um, in in Hebrews, it says... And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And last time I spoke, I used this phrase, trusting the process. Um, And so sometimes, you know, we, we feel the shift happening. We see the need to move the fulcrum so we can maintain balance. Sometimes it's not exactly, (coughs) we're like, what next? And um, that's where trusting the process comes in. Uh, At the top of your notes on the message side, it says Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes we just have to trust that in all things, God is at work. We may not see God's hand moving as precisely as we would like it, or even in the way we expect. But last time I checked, I think God knows a Bit more about things than I do, and so <laughs> I can trust that in all things God is working, and uh, and again somebody else this morning keyed in onto fixing our eyes on Jesus. I think that was you, Richard, right? Maybe I don't know. Um, and when we're in the process, uh, sometimes we just need a focal point. And what better focal point than than Jesus? Um, oh, <laughs> this was funny. Uh, yesterday, I was uh, driving with my kids, and Lillian is 12. She's my youngest. She's 12. Blowing my mind still. And uh, she can finally sit in the front seat next to me. And she's like, Dad, can you teach me how to drive? And I'm like, yeah, eventually. <laughs> she goes, no, I mean, like, she goes, I've got four years, we can learn. And I'm like, yeah. so I just started talking to her about how I'm driving and how I do this and that. And and um, Salem, my youngest son, who's 14, he's in the back end, and he's chiming in as well. And it was fun, but uh, we were talking about how we stay in the lane, you know? Um, and I remember when I first got my license, I don't know, maybe it was just my permit. I'm driving with my dad. And uh, and when I was younger, my dad would just, he wouldn't spend more than $500 on a car. And it was usually some big land yacht, you know. And we would be, and I mean, those who are my age and a little older who've driven those older cars, you know how they just kind of float on the road? You're, you're trying and they're just, they have a mind of their own. And I'm like, dad, how do I stay? And he's like, well, don't look at the lines. Because I was doing that, I'm like, he's he was like, this corner kind of on the middle line, this corner kind of on the outside line, or no, I mean the middle of the hood on the, and I'm like, okay, I'm doing that. And he's like, don't. Look ahead, like four or five car lengths even further, and just feel the road. So sometimes when we're stressing about Trying to keep everything in balance, trying to stay in the lane, sometimes we need to have, find a focal point and and so, in this passage, fix our eyes on jesus and um, and so that you know that's back to uh you know spiritual practice you know sometimes um, when I was meditating, and this is something I learned from Grant Teagarden, um, is just picturing Jesus in the room with you. I mean, the Lord is there. Why not picture that the Lord is really there? Sometimes he's sitting next to you. Sometimes he's sitting across from you. Um, And uh, it's just, just a way to encourage ourselves that we... You know, even if we're purposely finding some solitude, we're not alone. The Lord is with us. And um, And then the the last last thing,, um, well, actually two more things. I mentioned being present. I know for myself when things get busy, when I feel uneasy and things are shifting. I am, I'm a fixer, that's just my personality, and, you know, God bless the people around me, because they say, you know, um, oh, such and such is happening, I'm like, how can I fix it? And they're like, you don't have to fix it, I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) and, um, yeah, Maria lives next door, and she knows I'm, I'm always available to help, and, uh, and Beth, who teaches in the kindergarten, knows and Heather and Judy. You know. How
1: uh, <laughs> well, do I get on? Well,
0: but they know my heart. They know I like to help. And you know, and God has given me a brain that that sees. You know, oh, we can fix it this way. And if we can't, then maybe we should call. Somebody else would do something different, you know, but um uh, but sometimes I'll get into those modes, and I'm not paying paying attention to what I may need in the moment or or like say, you know Lillian, my daughter needs something, and I'm more attuned to fixing it than maybe just. Seeing where she's at, and so um, trusting the process, being present to the situation um, goes a long way to finding that our our foundation isn't as unfirm as we thought it would it was. There, I was listening to a podcast and. Um, and I don't remember the song, but they, they, they said, oh, I heard this song. And they, they played a snippet of it. And the line was, it's not that bad yet. It's not that bad yet. And meaning things could get worse. Not necessarily. Or they could get better. But how are we in the moment? We could feel stress, but... You know, we have the resources at our disposal, either in people, in practices, in whatnot, to help ourselves or help one another. Maybe maybe you're on the other side, and somebody is having a hard time, and you end up being a resource for them. Um, this, this goes in all sorts of different ways, you know. Uh, we may be a resource for somebody on this in their life. And um, so... And lastly, I was, I was thinking about trusting the process, and a whole bunch of Bible stories popped into my head. Some are kind of obscure, and then one is very common. Um, the two obscure ones uh, take place in the book of First Kings, and I'm not going to read them to you, I'll just recap them, but one was the prophet Elijah, and he... Um he goes into a town and and being a prophet, there's a little bit of renown, so he walks into a town and they know who he is. And he sees a widow. And be having traveled, he was like, Can you get me some water and a little bit of bread? And she's like, Well. <laughs> I could, but I only have a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. And he's like, and she goes, I was going to gather a few sticks. I was going to make our last loaf of bread so that my son and I can enjoy one last meal together and then die. He's like, great. Can you give me a glass of water and a piece of bread? And she's like, all right, you're the prophet. So she does. And guess what? The flour didn't run out, and the oil didn't run out. And not only did they have enough, but he stayed with her. She opened up a room in the house, and and so then that became a base of operations for him for a little while. Because she trusted the process. She had faith that... God knew what was going on long before she knew what was going on. And another one was, is similar. Uh, this is the prophet Elisha, who was Elijah's protege. And again, he goes into a town, and uh, this widow comes up and says, my husband died, left me in a pile of debt, and now my creditors want to take my two boys and enslave them until pay back the debt. And he's like, What do you have? She says, I have a, a small jar with a little oil. And he's like, Okay, gather all of the jars you can find. Even ask your neighbors, get as many jars as you can and start pouring. And they poured and poured and poured until there were no more jars left to fill. Like, they borrowed everything they could find. And then the oil stopped flowing. And, and the widow was like, now what? And he goes, well, sell the oil, pay off your debts. And so again, this gal, she thought, well, I have no idea what's gonna, what's gonna happen. But a resource made itself available to her that became much more than she expected. And then the final, uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000. And uh, we all know the story. Um, I don't know why my mic keeps cutting up. Jesus is preaching and then has compassion on the people because they've been there all day. And they weren't close to anywhere. and uh, And so... The disciples come and say, what do we do? And he's like, you feed them. And they're like, what? And well, what do we have? And a little boy had um, some fish and some bread. He said, good enough. And he blessed it, started passing it out. Next thing you know, everybody was fed. And... There is, so I'm not, I'm not discounting the fact that, that God could miraculously make more bread and fish, just like he made more flour and oil in the other stories. But sometimes the biggest miracle is the miracle of the heart. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I would go a day's journey out of town to listen to somebody and not bring something with me? And there is a thought that maybe, just maybe, everybody had a little bit to give, or everybody had a little bit for themselves, but looking around, you've heard the the phrase, um, the sum is greater than its parts, as the baskets were going around eating what they had, but they kept putting what they had into the basket to the point that now the basket's overflowing and those who had less now have plenty and those who had more have just enough. And and the Lord moved on the hearts of the people to be generous. And um, so I say all that to say, that in a shifting world, we have resources that we may not even be aware of, but the Lord knows. And, and so I just offer that out to you. And as we get ready for communion, um, is there something or a place in your life where you feel it's a little uneven, where you would desire a, a more firm footing. Um, when we we um, you can hand out the the stuff. Um, when we take communion this morning, let's uh, let's just bring that to the Lord as a point of prayer, as a point of surrender, as something that uh, we can trust the Lord with, and that the thank you. Okay, then do this. Oh, um, Yeah, uh, we can bring something to the Lord in in our time of communion. All right. Do we all have, oh, we're almost there, almost there. Dean, can I get a, a juice, please? <laughs> it's all good. Thank you. So there's a passage in, in 1 Corinthians where where um Paul is telling the story of communion to the Corinthian church, and uh and I'm not going to use that one today because in one chapter <clears throat> excuse me one chapter prior, he's talking about um something different, but then he has this phrase, "My goodness, my voice he says. When we take communion, when we eat the bread together, it is as if doing this together in unity is as as if the bread that's been broken is now brought together into one loaf. And so we have, as we read, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded by friends, by family, and by so much. And almost every time when I'm in a service and we're taking communion, um, I commit myself not only to the Lord but to His church, to His to the people of God. And and it, yes, it does say that that the body of Christ was broken for us, that we could be made whole. We can be made whole individually. We can be made whole as a people, as families, as friends. And, um, and so as we take this bread this morning, my prayer is that the Lord would lead us in ways of unity, lead us in ways of of wholeness and healing in in our our community. So, thank you Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you were obedient. That you you said yes to the Father and that you for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. And your body was broken that we could be made whole. And even as it says in in the uh, Old Testament that by your stripes we are healed. And Lord, healing comes in many, many ways. And so Lord, as we take this bread this morning, Lord, we thank you that you have promised us wholeness and healing in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for this cup. Lord, I thank you that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That Lord, we are cleansed by your blood. We are cleansed by the sacrifice that you provided for us. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that even as we said earlier in the service, that come as you are. Lord, so we come to you as we are. Lord, you know the areas in our life more than we do ourselves, of the places where we need to let things go. That we won't be hindered in our relationship with you and others, that uh, we can walk in freedom because you have forgiven us, you have cleansed us, and you have made us to be able to stand in your presence. So Lord, I thank you for your your blood that was shed for us. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you, everyone. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. All right, guys. Well, uh, we have food out there. Cesar has made us lunch. So let's all gather out there and and just continue on. And those who are joining us online, thank you. And uh, God bless. All right. God bless. Bye.